Good morning, and welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS. For nearly seven decades, Champaign-Urbana's daily gathering spot for conversation, dialogue, and ideas. You can join it on the phone, via text, or online. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Or email us at talk at wdws.com. Now... Here's your host, Brian Barnhart. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts coming your way on this Monday. It is the first day of November here as we start a brand new month. We'll start with our Monday morning quarterback show with Lauren Tate, of course, up until 11 o'clock today. Lots to talk about with Illinois football and basketball, both uh, on the weekend. Volleyball got a big upset. We'll talk about that at Penn State. And uh, tomorrow at 9 a.m. on A Penny for Your Thoughts, Tom Bruno, Champaign City Councilman. We'll have some folks in from the CU's TC, Champaign-Urbana Theater Company. Mike Namoff pops by. He's got a law enforcement event he's uh, in charge of and uh, producing. Uh, We'll talk to him about that. Line-Eye Friday on Friday. Get ready for the trip to Minneapolis. And also, we will uh, talk about the University of Illinois and an alliance with the Mayo Clinic on Friday as we get ready to head up to uh, Minnesota. So... Anyway, a lot to uh, discuss. Lauren Tate is here. How are you, sir? Well, let's go to Penn State again. Win volleyball, win football. Let's let's play Penn State. Yeah, that seems to be the the way it goes this year, doesn't it? Really good volleyball win. You know, that's that's one of those you don't always expect to win. They lost the first set and came back on the next three. And that's uh, now the end of a road trip for the team. They won Mm -hmm. at Rutgers. They have four straight matches at home They had a tougher game with Rutgers, which hadn't won a Big Ten game, than they did with Penn State. (laughs) Well, to go that far east and win those two, that's, that's, really that's impressive. they got four straight home matches coming up yeah. here over the next couple of weekends. So, anyway, we'll uh, touch on that as we go. The Bears lose yesterday, <laughs> had a lead. Justin Fields was electric at times. He, in he that showed game. he can run, didn't he? Yeah. There was a couple of plays that were just completely busted. Yeah. And he either scored a touchdown or made a huge gain on. So, the, that was pretty The stunner for me was you give the ball to Brady, two chances, one last chance, to win the game, mm-hmm. and what did he do? Threw a pick six. Threw a pick six. Was that the same Brady I'm used to seeing? <laughs> well, he's been really, really good this year. Oh, so, yeah, uh, I'll one, say. One hiccup along the way isn't, yep. isn't too bad. So, anyway, we'll talk with Lauren about all of that and uh, take your phone calls, 217-356-9397. Text line is 217-351-5357, and you can email us, talk at wdws.com. Illinois basketball, a win 94-79 on Friday night over Indiana <laughs> University of Pennsylvania, a school that I found this out. Of course, I knew that Lou Tepper had also coached there, as he did at Illinois, but he lived two doors down from the current coach at Indiana, Pennsylvania. Is that right? Because when I mentioned it, he goes, oh, yeah, he's a great neighbor, a great guy. So, interesting connection. But Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Brad Underwood, if he was looking for a team that would um, test his guys – he got quite a bit of that. Yeah, and uh, missing three guys really hurt, mm-hmm. really affected the team, particularly defensively, because you take Williams and Fraser out defensively, that's a big factor. We got, Illinois got beat on the drive too many times in that game. I was disappointed in that. Those young players, it seemed like the first time, it took them a while to get adjusted to the quickness of the other team. Well, Brad Underwood told him in the shoot-around that guys are going to clog the middle, mm-hmm. they're going to surround Kofi, don't dribble in there. 
Don't try to force it through. And they win a lot of turnovers yeah. as a result. Yeah. Curbelo in particular. Too many three-point shots for me. I think it was, what was it, 29? But, 29. But uh, I think we're going to see a lot of that this year because they, we've got a lot of guys on the team who have a green light and think they can make everything, and, and I think you're going to see a, just a lot of three-point shooting. Coleman Hawkins got himself in trouble late with a technical. He was chirping quite a bit at yeah, the Division Two. Way two too many turnovers, team, too. too. But as far as his, what he brings to the table – He's probably made probably the biggest leap I've seen of anybody on the team from one year to the next. We'll you see if it carries over. More so than Coleman Hawkins? That's what I mean, Coleman Hawkins. Oh, I thought I mean. you, okay, no, I thought yeah, you Hawkins. said Curbelo. No, Curbelo, okay. Hawkins is who I'm talking about. Yeah, oh, yeah. I agree with you. I, I agree yeah. with you. I, I said too many turnovers. I thought, I thought we were talking mm-hmm. about Curbelo. Yeah. But, yeah, no, Hawkins, uh, I thought uh, he, he's made a tremendous advancement. And it's going to be interesting to see how the – Trade off time with you know, he trades time with the Demonte Williams because they kind of play the same position. Mm-hmm. But obviously, you uh, can play them both together. Haw- Hawkins or... a lot bigger too. Hawkins could oh, play yeah. the five if he needed to. He could, oh yeah, I mean you could. Uh... And Omar Payne didn't have a lot of minutes. No, yeah. he hasn't shown anything yet in the two games t- for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I see him not as a four uh, with Kofi. I see him backing up Kofi in those minutes that. Uh, Brad Underwood feels that Kofi needs to rest, and that's about it. So we'll see what happens going forward. Uh, still waiting to hear anything on Kofi's situation, uh, where he sold yeah. some stuff before the NIL kicked in. And it, it's it's being evaluated, and I don't know how long it'll take the NCAA to, to come back with a decision. Uh, I talked to Underwood about it several weeks ago, and he said all we can do is just wait for their ruling. And mm-hmm. Now, in the, in the meantime, there's been all kinds of speculation. It'll be eight games, four games, two games, no games. I mean, nobody knows how many games he's going to be suspended, if at all. And uh, evidently, he, uh, I mean, I'm told that he has paid back the, the, the money that he received for selling the, the material that he did, mm-hmm. equipment that he did, his own equipment that he did mm-hmm. sell when he was uh, supposedly not, you know, in his own mind, not coming back. I don't know how the NCAA will deal with that. Yeah. And the difference is you say, well, aren't they all doing that now? Well, yes, now. But when that happened, the NIL hadn't started yet. So he was. Well, let me ask you, you think that players can now sell their own equipment? I don't know I, about that. I don't think I, so. I just know just making. <clears throat> You making know, money, tra- yeah. Making money, I guess, yeah. is what I'm saying. But I, yeah. It, how do you, yeah, you can interpret a little it. difference there, and I, and I don't know how it's going to be ruled. If he if he is ruled out a game or two at the beginning of the season, that won't be the end of the world. But the problem is, we need a ruling. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, right now we're kind of just waiting. Mm-hmm. So anyway, the basketball game was a sellout crowd. They got the rings. <clears throat> um, it was funny they were talking about that, uh, and I got word that Io was going to be there. Then they mentioned the players. Tim reads the list of those who are not available tonight. He just Georgie, didn't get there quite early. Georgie B and others that aren't there, they you know announced their names, but they didn't mention Io. Yeah. So you thought, okay, well, Io's coming out with the other group. Then they got to the end of the line on that group, and it was like, well, there's no Io, so yeah. so, <laughs> so where is he? So he eventually showed up, first media timeout. Yeah. And it worked out just as it well. It worked out just as well. Sure. To, uh, to honor maybe him Maybe even way. better. Yeah, <laughs> maybe better than they planned, so you never know. And then uh, football with uh, the ups and the downs, with the win over Penn State, and then let me, let me lose just it tell you, Illinois came out of the half feeling pretty good. They were ahead, 14, 14 to ten. They had five possessions in the second half. Okay, five possessions in the second half. Fifteen yard penalty killed the first one. Five yard penalty hurt the second one, stopped it. 15-yard penalty stopped the third. That's three possessions out of five, and the fourth possession was on their own one-yard line. They only had one time, 
where they had a normal shot at it, and they missed on fourth and one. Yep, that was the end of the game. And that was the end of the game. I mean, that's how few you just, and that's how few opportunities, Brian, that you have in a game to to win the game. If, if you, you know, basically they just backfired on themselves three straight times, three straight possessions when they were still in in a good position in the game. And the fourth time, the punt by Corsack pinned him at the one. Yeah, one yard line. And, uh, now. This is where I have a tremendous disagreement with coaches, and I, I know they know far more about it than I do, but I don't want to see a quarterback sneak on first down. Please don't waste it down down there for one <laughs> yard. Please. They're, they're down there packing. They're trying to get a and, – and good for them. They're trying to get a safety. Yeah. You know, and, and, and what better time to throw the ball? Yeah. What, and, 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 and I know what the coach said later on. Well, we weren't sure about our protection for the quarterback, mm-hmm. and I understand that too. But, Brian, you're trailing. You're only going to get two possessions in this game now. This is one of them. You're going to just throw this away, run three balls three times in the, into the line, and then kick it? No. Hmm. Now, that's, that's my criticism. <laughs> you can take any position you want, but I, <laughs> I want to see them try to, try to come flying out of there. Come flying out, yeah. Well, they uh, did not had to punt at the back of their own end zone and turned out uh, three points, made it a six-point game. Eventually, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and then they uh, were driving, and on fourth and one, did not make it. So, uh, we'll uh, get into that as well here this morning. So, a lot to talk about. We'll take our opening break with Lauren Tate here on the Monday Morning Quarterback Show. Take your phone calls, emails, and texts along the way. Glad you're with us this morning on a penny for your thoughts. We'll be back after this. First and ten, Illinois at their own forty-eight. Play action to Brown. Peters going deep over the middle. Got a man. Oh! He's caught. All right, we're back on a penny for your thoughts. If you're a first responder, the folks at Castle Home Comfort would like to remind you they're doing the $89.50 tune-up for your furnace and for your air conditioner. This week's going to be pretty cold with lows down in the um, 30s and 20s in some case as we go along. So you probably need to check out that furnace if you haven't done it already. If you're a first responder, just to reach out to Castle Home Comfort, 217-352-2800 for the two-for-one special. And, of course, the $79 service fee is always there. Make sure you've got your air quality correct, and they guarantee it, your comfort. They've been doing this a long time, more than 40 years of experience working on practically all heating and cooling brands and models. Our expert team at Castle Home Comfort ensures a job right, uh, done right every time. Give them a call, 217-352-2800. Jeff and the team at Castle Home Comfort. Brandon Peters with a good ball game the other day. His, uh, I think it was his best game of the year. Yeah, easily. I he was pretty sharp. Uh, he he put the ball right on the money to Isaiah Williams on that long one, that 51-yarder. He uh, hit him right in the fingertips, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Stretched out there. It was a great photo of it. And he wasn't sacked, and he made a couple of really nice uh, runs. I think he had 25 mm-hmm. yards on a couple of carries. And, and uh, really, he had a clean game. It's just... Uh, uh, Illinois couldn't move the ball on the ground this time. Yeah, never got the ground game going. Uh-uh. No, I, it was uh, interesting when the, when Illinois uh, first put in that 
uh, what they call the bars, what I call the jumbo package, where they have really essentially nine men on the line of scrimmage, mm-hmm. seven linemen, two tight ends. Did you see they came back with eight defenders on the line and they had three people in the backfield. So they were they they I would say they probably were in man to man coverage against the two tight ends and the and the back since those were the only receivers and the other eight were essentially gonna stop the run and they did. Well I mean they stopped it right at the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. Couldn't get even get past it. Sixty seven yards rushing for Chase Brown, six yards for Josh McCray and found out he had been dinged up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, after the game, before the game, but uh, not able to play a lot. So uh, the running game never got going. Brandon Peters, though, with uh, two touchdown passes to Isaiah Williams and Daniel Barker, 14 of 19, 140 yards and two touchdowns. The Minnesota Golden Gophers, by the way, run the ball really well. They rush for 222 yards a game, and they hold opponents to only 92 a game. And they only allow 18.8 points a game. But their offensive line... Get this, not only are they big, 6'6 six, six on one tackle, 6'9 on the other, but they're also, if you go across left to right, 6th year, 6th year, 5th year, 5th year, 4th year. Really? Across the front. So he's brought them back, too. He's brought them back, and they're, yeah. uh, they're big, and that's how they win games. So. Yeah, they've, they've, they just keep getting better since that uh, loss to Bowling Green early in the season. They, they're, they've, been, they've been playing tough football. They're 5-1 in the, in the division, aren't they? I mean, I, I think that's a record. They lead the division. They're leading the division, mm-hmm. and they're in a position, you know, they can, they can solve, you know, they can win it just by winning their own games. And if uh, everybody was counting Wisconsin out, they're, they're on their way on. back. Yeah. So they had a big win over Iowa over the weekend. A lot of muscle in the West with mm-hmm. Iowa's got the tough deep end. Now, look. Iowa fumbled three times inside their own 20 in the first half. Mm. You can't beat anybody doing that. Mm. Three lost fumbles inside their 20. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that'll get you beat. Oh, man, yeah. yeah. And another, just, another close loss for Nebraska Yeah, to Purdue. I mean, I they scored yeah. late to make it close. But, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> Purdue's, yeah, Purdue makes it interesting, don't they? They do. All right, 217-356-9397. This is your uh, birthday week, isn't it? Oh, yeah. What, just, what, just don't worry about that. <laughs> okay, well, what, what day is it? Is it uh, official? Wednesday. Wednesday, okay. Yeah. Okay, well, happy birthday. Uh, yeah. 924 yeah. at DWS. <laughs> That's a big milestone. Yes, it uh, is. Yes. Uh, Alan's with us. Good morning, Alan. Good morning. A um, couple comments. I know the coaches know 10 times more than I do, but it seems that uh, we always run on first and second down. And then we try to pass on third down. And it seems to me we'd have better success in the passing game if we would pass on first down sometimes. Um, I go back to Mike White. He always ran when you thought he was going to pass, and he passed when you thought he was going to run. The other comment is under Turner, we would always have a running back available in the flat to dump the ball off to. We never seem to do that anymore. And my final comment is I was watching the – Saints in Tampa Bay play yesterday, and I looked up information on Sean Payton, and I had forgotten or never knew he was an assistant coach at Illinois mm-hmm. in 1996. Yeah, he was. So, I that interesting. Yeah. No, thank he's, you. Thank you. Appreciate it, Alan. Those are all good points. Yeah, he was on his way up, and yeah. he, certainly, he, he certainly got to the top, didn't he? He certainly has. Won a Super Bowl. And, yeah, that was a good win yesterday. And then beat the Buccaneers yesterday as uh, yeah. Tom Brady with that late uh, pick six. Chicago Bears uh, lose to San Francisco, had a lead for a good part of the ball game, but then eventually fell behind, lost 33-22. Justin Fields 
uh, showing off his legs. But it seems like every time he drops back to pass, he's under pressure. Mm-hmm. He never gets any like yeah. clear pocket for a long time. Yeah, they did a better job for Garoppolo on the other side. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that happened yesterday, and we'll run through uh, all of that as we go along here this morning. Two one seven three five six nine three nine seven. The World Series still going. Oh boy! Into November. I thought it was over in the first inning, didn't you? Four to nothing, Atlanta. Bam! Duvall hit it out with the bases loaded. Grand slam, and then the alley. The Astros begin to rally. Got their lead with a two-run bases loaded single, two out in the fifth. Martin Maldonado, Martin Maldonado drove in three runs. Gurriel. Carlos Correa each had three of Houston's 12 hits. Houston chipped away at it. Astros bullpen six and a third scoreless innings. Okay. Back to Houston, 3-2 going Atlanta. back to hometown Houston. <laughs> All they got to do is win two games to win the World Series. Can Atlanta win one? There? I don't know. And here's where they're going to miss. Was it Morton that got hurt mm-hmm. in the first game? He would have been maybe another starter along the way, and he's not available. Yeah. So if they were going to win it, they probably need to do it early. And they didn't so far. Yeah. yeah. But uh, we'll see. Uh, and that and the Bulls look pretty good, you know, out of the gate. Yeah. They lost a one-pointer to the Knicks that hurt. I mean, you know, they, they were close in that game and just couldn't quite pull it out. 927 at News Talk 1400 DWS. Again, the Bears lost yesterday. The Colts lose to the Titans in overtime, 34-31. So many games in the NFL come down to – the final, last play. Final series, final field goal, <laughs> final pass. It's just, it's, that's, it's a wonderful league in that sense. I mean, so many of the games are close. And, you know, I, I, I probably might, I don't think I mentioned this to you, but Jack Ebling called. And he was, he's all excited about Michigan State this year, of course. Mm-hmm. And he talked about uh, the fact that, you know, that recruiting isn't fair. He said, you know, it's like, uh, you know, it's like Ohio State gets the first pick and then somebody else gets the next pick. I says, no, Jack, that's not what it is. Ohio State gets the first 20 picks. Then everybody else gets a chance. <laughs> you know, then Michigan gets the next ones and, and you know, it, it just Penn State gets the next ones and it just goes down the line and it's, it's, it's so lopsided and it's the, the, the talent level that enters each year to each school is so imbalanced it has to be that's why Ohio State's there every year and on top constantly because they get all the better players. It isn't just one better. They get 20 better. Georgia, unanimous number one for the fourth straight week. Cincinnati, number two. Oklahoma, number three. Alabama, number four in the Associated Press. Kind of a strange year, though. And you, you got Wake Forest undefeated in the mm-hmm. ACC, ACC with Clemson having all kinds of trouble. And... Um, you know, you just wonder if, if, if any is Cincinnati going to make it in the Final Four? Is Wake Forest capable of coming up? Probably not. Um, it's just a, a different year entirely. And now Ohio State's on, under the gun. If they lose one more game, they'd be out. So what, who do you think the Final Four will be? Do you think Michigan State and Ohio State are going to play each other? So the yeah. loser of that game will probably be dead. Would we'll be out, I would think, yeah. yeah. And I don't know what Cincinnati, they're at number two. That helps that they're at number two as opposed to three or four. But what, it, what would happen if Michigan won the rest of their games? Yeah. Well, if Michigan State won the rest of theirs, then the tie, I mean, they would. if the two teams tie, Michigan State would advance because of having beaten Michigan. Mm-hmm. But hmm, I just wonder, there's, there's so many things that can happen in, in the Big Ten. Spartans, by the way, jumped three spots by beating Michigan. They're now number five. Mm-hmm. First time since 2015 when Mark D'Antonio was the coach. 
And Ohio State slipped to number six, Oregon seven, Notre Dame eight, Michigan nine, Wake Forest in the top ten, first time in school history. Yep, undefeated. And there's a school that uh, is more known for basketball than it is for football. And who's the, who's the leading candidate right now for Heisman? Would it be Walker? I, I think it would have to be. You know where he played last year? Wake Forest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is that crazy? He's a transfer from Wake Forest. That's right. <laughs> I mean, how good would they be if they had him? And they don't. And Michigan State's really good. And uh, the win over Michigan uh, this weekend. All right, 9.30 at News Talk 1400, DWS. Your phone calls, emails, and texts all welcome here today as we rehash the uh, football game and the basketball game over the weekend. If you were in attendance at the basketball game, 15,005-plus, the sellout, uh, certainly let us know what you thought of what you saw of the Illini team. 9.30, a break, and we'll get a quick update from CBS. Back with more in a moment. Rebound, Illinois on the break. In transition, Curbelo with the alley-oop to Hawkins, who slams it in. Hey, our news update, bottom of the hour, brought to you by First Mid Bank and Trust, providing financial solutions since 1865. Visit firstmid.com to find out more. Brian Barnhart here with you on a Monday morning quarterback show with our friend Lauren Tate. 217-356-9397 is our number, and you can text us, 217-351-5357, and email us, talk at wdws.com. Tomorrow at 9, Champaign City Councilman Tom Bruno will join us here in our brand-new studios at 2101 Fox Drive. Okay, got some texts in. Why does the DIA report ticket sales as the official attendance record that appears in the Gazette Game Stats Report? Shouldn't it be a turnstile count? I'm guessing fifteen to 18000 on Saturday not the thirty-six thousand report. I thought it was. Oh no! Oh, no. I it, thought it was a lot more than that. There's more than fifteen or sixteen. Maybe not thirty-six thousand as, yeah. as the announced. That's the ticket sold, but it was. I mean, I, I came down at the end of the game on the field. I, I can't see the west side very well from above it. Mm-hmm. I came down. That side was packed. I mean, it was still packed at the end of the game, and it was still a chance Illinois. By the way, that's the fourth time this season. I count them. Four times that Illinois had the ball at the end of the game with a chance to win the game or at least tie against UTSA. They, they were well, they were seven points down against uh, mm-hmm. the San Antonio team. But basically, the, uh, if Illinois could complete those drives, and, and in some cases they got Purdue, they got down to the 19, I remember, first down on the 19 or 20. And uh, in this game, they they were in the 30, they, they reached the 34-yard line when they missed that fourth down play, mm-hmm. a fourth and one. But uh, I, I, uh, going back to the crowd, I, I, I think there was far more than that. I mean, even though, I agree. I mean, the, yeah. the east side is not full by any means. It's, no. uh, it's spotty, and the students only showed up. About half the students showed up, but and and the end zone was was spotty. But it was more than it was. I was guessing it was over thirty, but mm-hmm. I, I'm a bad guesser. No, I think you're right. I think that's about where it was. At least thirty, if not more. And yeah. then 36 was the announced attendance. I think they sold a few. 36.9, yeah. Yeah, I think they sold a few Dad's Day tickets and other you know tickets people walk up and so forth. But you're, the, the caller's right about this. We need Illinois needs more fans, and you have to win games to get fans. And, and uh, I thought maybe, and, and I think the Penn State game did bring out some fans, but every morning it seemed like at 8 o'clock in the morning it's raining. And that's discouraging to fans that want to come out to the game because they don't know if it's going to stop or is it going to continue to rain. And both days, it, it's the last two games, it stopped. And the games were played 
in reasonably good weather. Yeah, we're very practical people. You know, if it's cold and wet, <laughs> well, you know, well yeah, yeah, just absolutely. stay home and watch it on TV. And, yeah, it's, it's right, and, uh, right next to the refrigerator. I looked up some of the numbers even uh, just 10 years ago. 10, 11 years ago, and we were still drawing 50, 52, 55. Oh, it's, it's just gone down steadily. Yeah, very steadily. Each year. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it, there's only one answer, and it, that's winning games. And, I don't, you know, it's the old chicken or egg, you know, which comes first, you win games. If, if, you, if you brought back crowd, would it help you win games? Yes, mm-hmm. I think it would. Would it help you recruit? Yes. And it's hard to, to and convince a recruit who goes to Iowa and sees a packed house, goes to Wisconsin and sees a packed house, goes to several teams on that eastern side that, that have packed houses, and, and then come to Illinois and see this, and you think, well, they don't really care about football here, hmm. you know, because the, the crowd isn't there. Got another question here. It says, good thing, uh, Texture says, good thing the polls are meaningless when it comes to the college football playoffs. Uh, now, the polls, of course, they have a, a football committee that picks uh, the top four, but... Cincinnati doesn't belong at number two, won't be in the top four when it's all said and done. Well, maybe not. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, one thing's sure that uh, we know Michigan State's got several really tough games coming up. We do know that Alabama and Georgia are probably going to play in, their, in, the, in the SEC playoff, which would, I would, if Alabama loses, I'd say with two losses, they'd be eliminated, wouldn't you? I would think so. And, I would and hope so. So, so, so. All kinds of things are going to change. If you're in that top seven or eight right now, you have to play things out and see what happens. 217-356-9397 is our number. Good morning, Brian and Lauren. I was disappointed the Illini lost. Still had a good sports weekend. Met and uh, tailgated with Blake Landa. Wow. Our own Blake Landa out there. Okay. He's tailgating, all right? Mm -hmm. And congrats to the Centennial Chargers and Mohamed Seymour Bulldogs for their wins. Yes, Centennial. Goes up and wins on the yeah, road. Centennial, Monticello, Unity. Mm-hmm. Muhammad's game was not much in doubt. They, they yeah, Muhammad's really playing well. That's interesting to see how far they go. They uh, hopefully, uh, as we go along, of course, Colin Likas will be covering all of this. He'll talk about it some tonight, I'm sure, at the uh, Esquire and on Sports Talk. I uh, got a question here on the text line. Says, "Hi guys, does Chase and Sidney Brown have any eligibility for next year's Illini football?" Oh yeah, yeah. both they of them both, will both be back. do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chase has a couple of years, mm-hmm. I think. Yes, he, he does. Wants, if he still wants to, to come back. And uh, good morning, gentlemen. With a mandate for mask wearing indoors, no matter a person's vaccination status, I see in the News Gazette, Kent Brown, comment that for the safety of everyone present at State Farm Center in attendance, we hope all patrons follow the rules and requirements set forth by the U of I campus, local and state health officials. Do players and some people at the scores table not have to abide by this? Well, the players don't wear masks while and- they're playing. And half the people in the stands aren't wearing masks. Just look Is that around. What you saw? Yeah. I saw. I looked to my left in that area, just above where the students are, and there were just literally hundreds of people in there that didn't have masks. And I, I know we're supposed to, but well, especially. Uh, but you know, if you got a drink in your hand, you can say, "Well, I'm drinking. How can I drink? You know, this with a with a mask." <laughs> so a lot of people just like the kids next to me. I'm I'm sitting next to two young boys and. Uh, who uh, had their parents' uh, tickets in this game? They just kept a drink right in their right hand and never put a mask on. Well, at the scores table, especially on the floor, you're supposed to have them. Now we mm-hmm. don't have to. We're doing the game. Mm-hmm. It'd be hard to hear us through a mask. But other than that, um, supposed to be. But I know that you know you don't want to run around the whole game either, and you know do uh, mask police work either. They got more. <laughs> they're well, shorthanded, you know, as it is trying to find workers and so forth. It, so. You know. 
as I look around, it's so spotty. I, I went to, you know, I won't say which workout place yesterday. And I would say out of 15 people there, 12 of them didn't have masks. Mm -hmm. But the big sign on the door when you come in says you must wear a mask. And I put my mask on. Then I go in and I see everybody without one. I just take mine off. You know, and nobody else is going to wear it. I'm not going to wear it. I don't like to work out with a mask, it, yeah. you know, because the breathing yeah. is not good. But, it is. You know, uh, anyway, it's, it's just spotty everywhere you go. And, of course, you walk in a restaurant, you walk in with a mask, sit down at your table and take your mask off. Mm. That really makes sense to me now. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody in there is eating without a mask on. And, oh, well. That's another story. That's, a, that's another another show. Let's, yes. let's, let's yeah. talk about something else. Yeah, 941 at DWS. Let's go to the phones here. John is with us. Good morning, John. Yeah, a little, little bit of frivolity here. My name is John Fauci. <laughs> I'll, yeah. let that, I'll let that go. As opposed to Anthony going. Fauci, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, I have a couple of uh, quick questions and uh one of them is I called earlier in the year, said, whatever happened to these uh, passes over out in front of a receiver? And I, it was worth it just to see that the game Saturday, almost worth it just to see that he threw one long pass to uh, Williams mm -hmm. and completed what I call over the top. It, that's mm -hmm. not the right jar jargon maybe. But then uh, the next thing is, probably going to be really ridiculous, but I can't keep out of my mind the idea that if Williams was quarterbacking, it would make it harder to recruit a great quarterback or a good quarterback for next year. And I don't know why, but I can't crowd that out. There were so many times Saturday I wanted him to, to be in. Uh, so we could, we could run something or do a little bit of trickery to it. And, uh, we played that game like we could move mountains with our with our line, you know. Well, we did move I mountains the week before. That's the trick. Mm -hmm. You come. I mean, I know, wouldn't I know you be did, confused yeah. by that? By I mean, if you're the play caller and all those things worked last week, I mean, with 357 yards in rushing. Yeah, at Penn State. Well, it, yeah. yeah, but it, it so about you, killed me too. Go ahead. Well, you just have to adjust each week. You can't do what the other team expects you to do. You can't, no matter what it is. You got to do what oh, they don't I, expect. I I know that, and that's the. I've heard a lot of people criticize this coach from uh, uh, Minnesota, and I'm I'm no big fan of his. But he wins because you can't trust him to do what you want him to do. Every every week, uh, he'll he'll do whatever it takes to try to get the upper hand, and I just I enjoy seeing that. Yeah, that's why but they I put a new game plan in every week. You know, and, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and you know, the, the game plan that worked against, uh, you know, the game plan that didn't work against Wisconsin when, when they dominated the line worked against Penn State when Illinois dominated the line. And then, again, it didn't work this week when, when uh, for some reason, uh, Illinois was beaten up front. Yeah, we seem to have so many opportunities, though, like we had two there in the last four or five minutes uh, to do something. And boy, we didn't vary. We didn't vary a bit, you know. But uh, I have a question too on basketball, if I may. Uh, mm -hmm. What uh, I did not see Verdonk, and I did not hear anything about why I, I didn't see him, or am I blind? Well, he played. He played. Yeah, not a lot of minutes, but he was in there. Okay. Well, 
uh, uh, daughter-in-law uh, got it on the uh, got it on the laptop for. Her. So mm. that that explains why I missed him then. Yeah. Okay. It was I thought? Well, my goodness, is he hurt again already? So no, nope. no, nope. he was out there about five right. minutes. All right. Thank you, sir. Uh huh. You too. Appreciate it. Bye. The two guys that were not out there were Hutcherson and uh, Williams. And then yeah, and then Fraser and then Fraser got hurt early. Yeah, re- he really re- got his shoulder kind of yanked down hard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, by the opponent. So I'm glad it's not his shooting shoulder. Yeah, it is. He is he's left-handed, and it was on his right shoulder. All right. By the way, the um, game's coming up for Illinois basketball. You've got uh, Jackson State on the horizon here. And, yes. of course, then Arkansas State. Then you've got at Marquette. And then you've got the Hall of Fame Classic against Cincinnati and then either Arkansas or K-State. So whatever's going to happen is going to happen really fast with these uh, teams coming in. So we'll uh, – We'll see how they do. First uh, regular season game, Tuesday, November 9th. 9.45, Lauren and I return with more. Kind of an overcast, uh, looks like, start to the day here. And uh, pretty cold outside. We'll work along. It's 33 degrees. Wind chill at 29 here on this November 1st. Under three minutes to go in this one. We'll talk to Brad Underwood when it's over. Andre Curbelo running the point all night long. He's played heavy minutes tonight. Curbelo with an off-balance shot. Off and in. Scoop shot with some sprinkles on it. Rolled it in. Count it. Hey, if you need any collision work done on your vehicle, maybe you've had a um, dent here or a ding there or a big uh, accident along the way, the folks at Gallo Miller Paint and Collision Repair know that uh, having an accident is a very serious matter. Choosing the best collision repair specialist is also very serious and very important. They've been in the business now for over a couple of decades. They're hands-on in the business. Dave and Bill, they've worked in the insurance industry. They've ran other body shops. They know how to do this up and down, back and forth. Haley and Tolono recommended them. and says your company is exceptional throughout the entire process. My vehicle looked amazing. When done, I recommend you to everyone. John up in Ludlow, you deserve a rating higher than great. Had his uh, 2000 uh, Three Chevrolet Silverado in there, and I have no trouble recommending you to anyone. It's rare to find such attention to detail in this day and age. You can learn more about them. South side of I-74 between the Neal and Prospect exits. It's um, off of the interstate, so there's no barricades there. Uh, You can go to gallomiller.com, go online, and uh, check them out. Gallo Miller Paint and Collision Repair. Illinois football, a loss to Rutgers at home. Next up at Minnesota. It'll be 11 o'clock on Saturday morning. All our game day coverage starting at 9 from Minneapolis. And I want to also uh, hear a little bit here from Brad Underwood, what he had to say after the game the other night. Again, the Illini with the win over Indiana of Pennsylvania, 94-79. And Blake, if we've got that ready, let's uh, hear from the coach, Coach Underwood, on the victory and some of the things he noticed and wants to work on from the game. I, you know, more disappointed in all the immature, yes, all the, mm-hmm. all the, all the, all the lack of toughness, all the lack of, of chippiness and not playing hard. They played so much harder than we did. They beat us to every loose ball. The lack of physicality on our part. Uh, you know, you're up 15 and Coleman gets a technical foul because he wants to be cool, talk to the bench. We chirp all the time in practice. And I've been trying to get it stopped, Dion. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't matter what we do. And, and we've got to grow up. Yeah. And, and uh, 
you know, and we can't have 10 turnovers from Corbello. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's just, uh, you know, it's not good. We ran offense horrible. We only got Kofi three shots in the first half and give their defense a lot of credit because we know how they're going to play. They were going to surround him with five guys and and they weren't they were going to keep Corbello out of the paint. And, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, but but I, I do think there were some some positives. I thought Plummer got going early and was 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 really good. And then, uh, uh, you know, it was good to see, uh, uh, you know, those young guys get some get some get some minutes and, exactly. and in the important part of the game and mm-hmm. and uh, they found out how hard it is to guard at this level because none of them were very good <laughs> brad underwood at the end of the uh, ball game the other night i was disappointed uh, yeah. i i thought that the the defense was uh was, was shoddy and last year it was really good mm-hmm. i thought but well uh, and again you didn't have demonte you didn't have right. train out there for you really miss most those of the guys. game and you yeah. do miss those guys defensively so yeah, I, I think that uh, Trent really sets the tone mm-hmm. for the defense, and and so does Demonte. But they they just have to be in there a lot because I think Trent's going to play all the time. I think I Demonte. I don't know how they're going to work him in and out with the the way uh, Coleman Hawkins is coming along. You got Hutcherson, you got Grandison, you got a lot of guys, and I think Grandison's a good solid defensive player. Although he had one slip up in that game where he let a guy just make a cut off the post and and, and shoot a layup on him. And it looks like just early on, and this could change, it'll change day to day, but it looks like Luke Goody of the two freshmen brings you a little more right now. Yeah, although Melendez had a really good Melendez spurt. Melendez is another one, yeah. Yeah, he had a good spurt. In the final analysis, if you count, uh, if you count uh, of the veterans, uh, Verdunk, if you count him the 10th veteran, if they got 10 veterans that, that are playing, and then you got the three freshmen, you can't play 13. So you got to make up your mind somewhere along the way that you got to cut this thing down to seven or eight. If you're going to be really good, you can't play your second team and be good enough to beat good teams that aren't going to do that. And so I don't know how you, I don't know how he's going to get around to this. Somebody that expects to play is not going to get a lot of playing time because there just aren't enough minutes to play more than once you get beyond seven or eight. If you try to play ten. That's an awful lot. Yeah. Then you're doing Dr. Tom Davis yeah. stuff. Where well, that's running, right. But he, you know, scores of people yeah. in. He recruited to that. I mean, he. <laughs> you're going way back there, but he he definitely did that. And yeah. and and we always knew when we played Iowa that they play a lot of players, and we'll get a lot of shots. We'll get a <laughs> lot of good shots if you can make them. You can beat them, mm-hmm. and we did it very and, often. And that's still true of Iowa. Yeah, and and you <laughs> can get a hundred against them if you're really shooting. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's just their their defense isn't isn't that good. Nine fifty four with Lauren Tate, and let's go to Howard. Good morning, Howard. Morning, uh, Lauren. I want you to set me straight on this question here. On our last fourth fourth down attempt, mm-hmm. why did we run a play like that? Well, we I have think, no outside speed. Well, Why do you run a play away from the line of scrimmage where you got ground to make up? We don't have anyone who can get around the corner. Well, I wouldn't say that uh, the Chase Brown can't get around the corner. I mean, he's. Well, so, I didn't see anything all day. Well, I didn't, yeah, I. But but you didn't want to run in the line, did you? Where's the big guy zero at at, at a moment like that? Well, he wasn't a hundred percent apparently. According to Bielema. yeah, McRae was was out of the game. He he was out of the game most of the game. He played a few times early, but but they had Norwood in there for uh, three of those plays in the in that last drive that uh, kind of surprised me because I thought why isn't Chase Brown in? Then they brought Chase in for the fourth down play, 
but uh, you can criticize one play. I mean, we we do that all the time. This is one play that's cost us the game. Well, I, I suppose, but my complaint is real simple, and I'll, I'll say it now. Of the last 11 plays that we called, not counting a punt, the last 11 plays, 10 were running plays. One was a completed pass to to uh, tight end, uh, Ford. I think we need to pass the ball because they were forcing us to pass. I mean, they were forcing Illinois to pass, and Illinois was successful passing the ball all day and didn't pass 10 of the last snaps, 10 of the last 11 snaps. Now, there's a reason for that. Uh, one, The first reason was they were on their own one-yard line and didn't want to take the chance, so they had to punt. And the only other possession they got after that was the final possession, and they were running the ball pretty well for a while. They did make several first downs on the ground and made the 12-yard pass to uh, Ford, as I mentioned. But I just think that I'm, I'm with this. I'm, if it's third and two and, and, they're, uh, they're, and they're all lined up and, and they're going to stop you from making that first down, which they did, what if you pass on that down? Wouldn't there be a better chance of completing a pass when they don't expect it? That's, my, that, that's all my thinking. Who is our offensive coordinator, Lauren? Well, his name Tony is Peterson. Peterson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, he he was uh, had a great run in Minnesota with Glenn yeah. Mason. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. For a long time. Well, uh, there's going to be a lot of quarterbacks in the transfer portal. I hope we can nail one of them. Well, there'll be a lot of there'll be a lot of mediocre quarterbacks, and there'll be a few good ones. And the key is, is obvious, isn't it? <laughs> Get the good one. <laughs> They were talking the other day on, uh, I think, ESPN or something about most likely Spencer Rattler is going to be in that transfer group. Well, maybe. I don't, I don't maybe. think we could attract yeah. a guy like that, but it would, would be good. Well, yeah. If he's so good, uh, why didn't he do better? He was <laughs> a Heisman that, favorite coming qu- in, yeah. Yeah, is that a fair question? I don't know. Yeah, and if, if Peters was so good, he'd still be at Michigan, too. Well, you're not going to get any starting quarterbacks. You're going to get somebody who has either beaten out or failed. That's what you're going to get. Now, that doesn't yeah. mean they can't be good, but you're not going to, you know, other than high school. we got a high school quarterback coming in by the name of Leary, and I know very little about him. We won't know till we see him. But yeah, what that's he, true. But uh, I'm, I'm sure, I'm convinced that they will get another quarterback uh, mm-hmm. during, the, during the transfer portal period. Maybe they can get that quarterback that Rutgers brought in who was a high schooler who had been in high school this fall and then left and came early to Rutgers. He came in on that, uh, whatever it was, third down or fourth down conversion and uh, yeah. completed a pass. We yeah. were all scrambled trying to figure out who in the world it was. Yeah, I'm just ticked off with the, with the way we're playing right now. I guess anything would be better than what we have. Well, now, wait a minute. Uh, when the season started, we're talking about being competitive, Right. Is that what we were talking about? That if be, can at be, least be competitive. Yeah. Be, uh, what, what if you had a chance to win the game in the last drive every time? Would that be okay? I mean, we know we're not going to be dominant, right? So uh, Illinois has been very competitive most of the season. They were certainly competitive Saturday. They had the ball the last time with a chance to win. Wasn't that what we were hoping for? Or were we hoping? Or did you think we were going to dominate everybody? hard to be a fan right now i just get tired of losing all the time I well yeah, i understand yeah, i understand that hey howard i'm up against the clock thank you sir right. thank you very good we've got the uh, news coming up here from cbs and then we'll have a local update and then we'll come back with more monday morning quarterbacking news talk 1400 93.9 fm wdws champagne urbana at the tone it's 10 o'clock 
Frederick Buechner wrote that doubt is the ants in the pants of faith. Join your friends at Champaign's First Presbyterian Church downtown every Sunday on WDWS at 1030 for worship. Bring your doubts. Ants and pants are optional. It's the second hour of A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS. You can join in on the phone, via text, or online. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Or send an email to talk at wdws.com. Now, here again, Brian Barnhart. Welcome back. Hour number two of A Penny for Your Thoughts coming your way from our new studio here, 2101 Devonshire, and uh, not uh, Fox Drive. I'm sorry, 2101 Fox Drive. Got to get the Devonshire out. It We're is just uh, off Devonshire. Just off Devonshire, yes. Yep. Fox and Devonshire here. And so if you're doing business with the News Gazette or the radio station, whatever the case may be, if you go to the other building, you'll see a sign that'll tell you to come here. So just wanted to let you know that. We're visiting with Lauren Tate. Glad you're with us. 217-356-9397 is the phone number. Text line is 217-351-5357, and you can email us, talk at wdws.com. Talked about the Illini football loss to Rutgers. Minnesota is next at 11 o'clock Saturday. Basketball won their exhibition game. They don't play again until November 9th. I got one for you. Mm-hmm. Do you think anybody, any coach, playing football coach in the Big Ten will be fired or will leave at the end of this season? I don't see anybody getting fired. I wonder, would Tucker or Franklin be interested in LSU? There's talk that way. But would they Would they leave? I think of the two, Franklin would be more inclined to go. Yeah. Tucker's only been there two years right. at Michigan State. But, but we remember that Saban left for LSU once upon a time, didn't he, from Michigan State. Um, anyway, eight coaches have been fired already. It's November the 1st, Brian. Eight coaches before November 1st, gone. Hmm. Isn't that amazing? That is amazing. TCU fired Patterson after 20 uh, 20 years, I guess. Wow. Texas. Washington State, coach quit because of COVID. Uh, His name is uh, Rolovich. Rolovich. Yeah, it was let go. Yep. UConn, Georgia Southern. I mentioned USC with uh, Helton. He's gone. And Orgeron is going to be gone at uh, LSU after this season. Uh, And... uh, I mentioned Texas Tech. That's eight coaches been fired before. That's amazing. What's going on? What what is hmm. the um, is the mood such that it's just they must have immediate uh, success in order to keep a coach? Immediate gratification. Yeah. Or, or what have you done for me lately? I mean, the guy at TCU's done a terrific job. Yeah. For all those years, they've been yeah. highly ranked and been in the title chase numerous times. Uh, but not now. By the way, at the other end of the um, spectrum, UTSA is still undefeated. Yeah. They just gave their coach a 10-year contract extension. 19, 2031. 2031. <laughs> How about that? For a, for a, well, I don't know if he'll be there the whole time. Well, but you know why to... they did that? Because there's three jobs open in Texas. <laughs> three big jobs open in Texas. And they and I think maybe uh, they wanted to interview him in one of those places, and he just so they just stepped in and gave him that. Now it's going to cost him. Was it seven or eight million if to, as a buyout? Now, mm-hmm. if he wants to leave, it's going to cost him. And he's well known in the state of Texas, by the way. He was a mm-hmm. high school coach that won yeah. a lot of state titles, so he's yeah. uh, very well connected. 
Yeah. So, but UTSA still unbeaten. They're and, uh, they, and they're moving to the AAC too, aren't they? I, I think, think that's so. right. Yeah. yeah, they're one of the. They're going to move out of the. Uh, oh, uh, Conference USA. Mm-hmm. They're leaving. And yeah, it's because some of the teams from but, the AAC are going what, to. Uh, what I don't know is when any all these schools that are changing conferences is how how many years before they actually change? How many years <laughs> do they stay in the same conference they're in? Right. It's confusing. It is very confusing. Texas is going to do everything they can to get out of the Big Twelve. Because everywhere they go, they get booed and they get beat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that gets tough after a while. Uh, they get the top five in the uh, co- in the AP college football poll. Georgia, unanimous number one. Uh, the rest, Cincinnati at two, Oklahoma three, Alabama four, Michigan State is five. Ohio State now six in that list. Yep. And, of course, the Big Ten East, they'll, they'll sort itself out because they're all going to play each other. As they go along, as to who's going to make the, it looks like Minnesota's in the driver's seat in the West. Well, yeah, uh, they got Wisconsin, don't they? I Coming mean, up, yeah, that that I mean, could decide. The it. winner of that game might be the team that advances. I mean, there's still other games to be played, but I would think the winner of that game will be the in the in the playoff. I think you're right. Ten fifteen. You know what? What's the difference between those teams? Uh, they're a good football team. What I see when I watch Ohio State play, and then I watch Notre Dame play North Carolina, they make such big plays: seventy yards in two plays, sixty-one yards in one play. I mean, uh, here you, you watch Penn State; they march down the field, march down the field, and score. Boy, they they did a great job. They kick off to Ohio State, and they score in two. Uh, you know, if you're in, uh, if you look away for a minute, uh, Ohio State's already scored. It's it's a way mm-hmm. they have those big plays that other you know that uh, that we don't have in our division so much. Yeah, ours is more grinded out. Yeah, Big Ten football. Yeah, Iowa, type, Wisconsin, yeah. Minnesota, and of course Illinois is more grinded it out. Although they did hit a nice uh, long, they had three nice long passes in that first half. Uh, two of them for touchdowns that put Illinois ahead in the game. All right, to the phones we go now in the second hour of Monday Morning Quarterback Show. Tom Bruno joins me tomorrow at 9, Mike Namoff later in the week. And we'll talk about an alliance between the University of Illinois and the Mayo Clinic as we get ready to head north to Minnesota for the game on Saturday at 11. Let's go to the phones. Here's Chuck. Good morning, Chuck. Uh, good morning. Here's the question of the day, Brian. Yes. Uh, I'm one of those guys that likes to watch the game on TV and follow it on the radio, listen to you guys uh, broadcast. And I'm wondering why this year you're uh, breaking, going to break and you're just saying uh, brought to you by Learfield and you're not saying Learfield IMG anymore. Well, because they've uh, I, they changed. I don't know exactly what happened at that level, but um, the, the f- one company brought out the other last year. Right. And then so they were partnered, they were together, and I don't know why they dropped it, to be honest. They just uh, they said, "Here's what you say this year." You just do what you're told, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I I tried yeah. to look it up online, and I'm I was as confused as just you were. Uh, yeah. it, it sounds like they're still a partnership, but uh, to change their brand, they're just going with Learfield. Sounds like it. Yeah, that that must be it. I I can ask our general manager here. Oh, that's right. I just Learfield, I just but, wondered. Uh, yeah. Just wanted to let you know if someone's listening. Yeah. Well, very <laughs> okay, good. See you later. Yep. Bye bye. Good catch on your part. Yeah, it was. Uh, we've gone from Learfield Sports. In the last few years, what we say in our breaks to Learfield, to Learfield IMG College, back to Learfield, and I don't pretend to understand all as to why. Well, there's a lot of financial maneuverings going on, and I I wonder how Learfield is coming out on it because some of the teams that Learfield represents are not making money, and like Nebraska went out on their own, yeah, and established set up their yeah. own network, yeah. so. 
We'll see what happens. It's always an ever-changing industry, for sure. Uh, 1018 and uh, DWS. Here's Ed. Good morning, Ed. Hey, I don't know if you guys have touched on this, but why did Norwood run the ball three times in a row right there at the end of the game? There are two reasons. One, they like Norwood, and the other is they evidently were resting uh, uh, Chase Brown. What do you think, Brian? Now, from what I've heard is that Chase Brown, he was winded. Uh-huh. He had asked to be, you know, he tapped his helmet. From what I'm understanding, somebody told me. So uh, he wasn't right available, but they got him back in for the last play. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I just thought that was very questionable. Mm-hmm. Thanks, guys. All right, thank you. And it looks like, schematically, Rutgers had whatever we th- were thinking about doing up the middle. Because I'm trying to remember, was it fourth and one, fourth and inches? It was fairly close. You mean the fourth down the fourth play? Down it was fourth play. and one. Fourth yeah, and one. I, I, I think it was a full yard. I don't know. Yeah. There were some complaints about the placement of the ball. Mm-hmm. But in, in any case, it wasn't a first down, and they need to make a yard. And um, that caught four yards behind the line of scrimmage. On I think, I think they kind of considered that pretty much a trick play. Maybe they thought he could break him away when they thought that uh, they'd be loading. And, and I, the chances are that Rutgers was loading up the middle, but they had one guy watching the outside, and he made the tackle. And it turned out to be a great play to end the ball game. Illinois and Rutgers, the Illini lose to Rutgers at Minnesota this weekend. Rutgers, by the way, will host Wisconsin this week, which will be interesting. Mark is with us. Hi, Mark. Hello. Hello. Yeah, I had to Hi, I was just calling about that same fourth down play everybody's talking about. And my thing is behind anything in football is take advantage of the rules that are there. And I don't understand why more teams don't. I mean, I saw it in the Florida game that day when they were pushing the guy from behind and he gained like 10 yards on a push. Now he fumbled the ball because the guy stripped the ball from him, but he gained about 10 yards on that play. Why don't teams put more big guys in the backfield and just run a quarterback sneak and just start pushing the quarterback until they change the rule? I mean... The rules there use it to your advantage. Hmm. We've seen some. That's of that. just my thought. Yeah. San Francisco uh, scored that way yesterday against the Bears. Mm-hmm. They just the, basically the pile got moved. <laughs> right, and as I yeah. say, if, it's, if the rules there use it well, hmm. to your advantage, and I just don't understand why more teams don't use it hmm. until they change the rules. So interesting. All right, very good, Mark. Thank you. Thanks for your input on that. Hi, Brian. As one of the young guys Lauren referred to sitting next to Lauren at the basketball game, it was a pleasure to chat with Lauren and hear some of his thoughts on the basketball team this year. What a local legend. Go Illini. <laughs> so there you go. Those young guys remembered. I and better be careful what I say. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did, we did get in a real short discussion about, about uh, the mask. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, as you look around, if you look around and the other people aren't wearing them, I've been vaccinated. I've had my booster. I mean, I feel mm-hmm. fa- fairly safe. Uh, I know it's a not it's not a hundred percent, but uh, it's just that it, there's so much confusion wherever you go. Wherever you go now, there's some people are wearing masks and some yeah. aren't. And I don't know. You know, I, I looked at the rules uh, on the on the door going into the, the different places that I go, and they all say wear a mask and they get inside. And they're not wearing them. <laughs> I don't know. Speaking of that, a comment about masks at the State Farm Center prior to the game, the chancellor nor anyone else taking part in the presentation of the rings wore a mask. I'm glad they didn't, but if they're going to make a rule to wear them, they should follow their own rule, a uh, texter says. Also, some news for the Gophers. They've already missed two of their running backs, Ibrahim and Potts. We just got word that Bryce Williams, who's one of the backups, suffered a seizing-ending injury against Northwestern. 
So they got three backs. Three backs that are out. Wow. Hmm. So that news uh, just in a little bit here to the newsroom. What, what kind of years Tanner having at quarterback? It's very solid. They're not throwing it a lot. They're running it more than anything. I mean, they've still got um, Ottman Bell, and they've still got a couple of other guys. Does Illinois play better on the road? That's a good question. <laughs> they seem to have, except for the Virginia game. You know, played pretty well at Purdue. Played well at Penn State. That's a, that's a good question. Uh, another uh, question on the running. Uh, what happened to the run? I kept waiting for a wall of blockers to break the huddle and walk up to the ball, but it never happened. It did happen a few times oh, with yeah. the bars. Oh, yeah, it happened, and they stopped Illinois cold every time they tried it. Yet there was Peters again, staring down his intended target from the snap and throwing to him figuratively and literally covered. I don't know what they Ooh. taught him at the summer camp, Peters. When, 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 was, when was he talking about? There was one play like that mm-hmm. where he threw again to a defender that was covered way on the uh, pass to his left, but I thought he had a good day. Uh, and it's, I don't know what they taught him at the summer QB camp, but I know it wasn't that. Uh, he also needs to practice throwing on a count like the two-point conversion at PSU. I think we're all yelling for him to throw it. He seems mesmerized in the pocket. Um, again, I, he had his best day, I thought, in a couple of years mm-hmm. uh, the other day. Uh, Lauren, I think Peters, was he a five-star recruit? Oh, I don't know. Uh, who cares? I mean, people keep telling me about this guy's a five or four. Somebody decides what, what you know what you are in, in high school. I don't care what anybody is in high school. I want to see him play in college. Here's what I he just don't. I really, I mean, I'm getting really bothered by that. Mm-hmm. Well, he was a five, four star. I mean, you know, look at it. Look at look at what what does history tell you? I mean, some guys make it, some guys don't. We we got guys that were. Two stars that are playing. We got walk-ons that are playing. Pilsen's a walk-on. Kramer was a walk-on. He's me. He's the second best center in the league right now. I think. Greg Lewis was a walk-on receiver mm-hmm. in that group with Moorhead and yeah. Brandon Lloyd, etc. He wound up playing in the NFL just as long yeah. as anybody and yeah. coaching in the NFL. People now. change. Mm-hmm. How many guys from their senior year in high school, from the time you're seventeen? How much change is there in you by the time you're 22, 23? How much change? A lot. You bet. Well, a lot happens to you. And we all change at a different rate. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did play, by the way, I looked up Brandon Peters, played high school football and basketball at Avon High School in uh, Indianapolis, Indianapolis over in yeah. Indiana. As a senior, led uh, Avon to a regional football title, appeared in 13 games, threw for 3,100 yards, 37 touchdowns, and five interceptions. If you just look at him throw the ball... He throws as good as anybody in the Big Ten. He is just throwing the ball. Recognition is a problem. Sometimes accuracy is a problem, but I think he's got pretty good accuracy. But he doesn't have the instincts that great quarterbacks have. That's what I see after three years. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I think you've seen enough to to get enough of an impression. some, Some guys just have the instinct. Uh, he was named Mr. Football in Indiana in 2015. Mm-hmm. Uh, participated in the Elite 11 quarterback event in July of 2015, rated by ESPN that year as the number five quarterback in the class of 2016. So, there you go. There was his high school background, Brandon Peters. 1026, need to get a break in here. Some more texts and emails have come in. We'll get to those. Going fast today with Lauren Tate up until 11 o'clock. Back in a moment. On a penny for your thoughts, News Talk 1400 DWS. 
Well, the Halloween date just went by here, November 1st now. And if you're planning for the holidays, time to get your stuff organized for the uh, tax year ahead. Tax planning, maximize tax deductions across the board, plan your tax strategy for the coming year. Charitable contributions, make sure that's uh, up to date where you want. Uh, as far as that goes, decrease current and future income taxes, of course. Charitable contributions do reduce potential estate taxes. College planning, you have a range of opportunities to work on that with your kids and grandkids, a 529 plan. Uh, retirement planning, work with a financial advisor to align your spending, saving, and investment strategy. And wealth transfer, make sure you get that all figured out. Uh, effective estate planning can help preserve your assets, reduce taxes paid by your heirs, and unlock opportunities for future generations. All of that available at the folks at Busey Wealth Management. Get and stay financially fit through the next year and beyond. Call 1-800-67-BUSEY or visit Busey.com. Illinois Volleyball with an upset of number 13 Penn State over the weekend out in uh, Happy Valley. They are now 16-7, and 8-4 and four in the Big Ten. And they have four straight home matches coming up. Nebraska on Thursday at 8, Minnesota, Indiana, Ohio State. All it up. Chance to win some matches and get into the NCAA tournament. Brian, that's the goal. It's right in front of them. Yep. And four straight matches at home to do it. So congratulations to Chris Thomas's team. They also won at Rutgers. And Lawrence Wright, they uh, had to go to five sets to beat Rutgers, but took Penn State in four. Yep. Up in, uh, in Happy and Valley. And those last three that they won were all close, real tight. So congratulations to uh, the coaches and everybody over at Volleyball. More texts and emails coming up, more phone calls as well as we move along this morning on a Monday morning quarterback show. Tom Bruno, Champaign City Councilman and attorney here locally, will join me at 9 o'clock tomorrow. Have some folks from the CUTC, the Champaign-Urbana Theater Company, on Wednesday late in the show after an open line. Mike Namoff for a little bit. On Thursday, he's got an event honoring law enforcement that he's uh, going to be talking about. And we'll talk about an alliance between the University of Illinois and the Mayo Clinic as we get ready to head to Minneapolis on Friday afternoon for the game Saturday up in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I wonder what the temperature is up there today. Uh, they do play outside now, by the way, <laughs> Ten and a half for a few years, 1031. Let's get a CBS News update here, and then we'll come back with more for you and, uh, and update you a little more on what's been happening around the Big Ten. They have another announcement involving a Minnesota Golden Gopher, Big Ten Freshman of the Week. We'll discuss that next here on A Penny for Your Thoughts. Right corner, Grandison, open right corner, three. Missed it. Rebound, Hawkins, up and in. Uh, hey, how about Coleman Hawkins? 26-yard line of Rutgers. Fake to Brown, throw left to Barker with a catch. 25-20, cuts back in the middle, 15, 10, 5, touchdown! 26 yards, Dan! week no flags no flags touchdown illinois yeah that touchdown there very similar to the one that they ran at penn state that got called back he it's was the... targeted just twice hmm. saturday he was open several other times i just think to keep need to keep an eye on him he has a way of getting open you mm -hmm. know some receivers have a way others don't but he does and Runs pretty well when he gets it, too. So, you know, I, I'm disappointed that they didn't throw more to him because I think he was open and he catches the ball. He is, by the way, now with 11 career touchdowns mm -hmm. as a tight end. That's the mm -hmm. record yeah. that he holds himself. So for all the uh, talk about we never throw to the tight ends, Barker has 11 touchdowns yeah. for, as yeah. a tight end. So 
Uh, it does happen. By the way, the Minnesota running back situation, Marquise Irving, named Big Ten Freshman of the Week. The uh, Chicago native is from Chicago, returned to his home state of Illinois, 19 carries, career-high 110 yards, two touchdowns to lead Minnesota to a 41-14 win over Northwestern. And Minnesota now 6-2, and 4-1 and in the Big Ten, 3-0 and on the road this year after losing to Bowling Green at home. Well, I had uh, I had concerns about going to Penn State. I, I had my doubts in Illinois one. Maybe I've got my doubts going to Minnesota. Maybe they'll turn that one around. <laughs> well, you hope so. And hopefully they can uh, bottle whatever they did at Penn State. And... Well, as I pointed out a while ago, little things affect these outcomes. I mean, the, Illinois had no – Illinois had, in the whole second half, they had no real chance to do anything because of the three penalties that stopped three drives – then they have it on their one yard line, and then they had one other ho- one other possession. Mm-hmm. So they really had only one one possession. Now, of course, you can overcome penalties, but fifteen yarders are hard to overcome. Yeah, some big ones, chop blocks, and yeah, things like that that yeah. were that were tough. Yeah, two one seven three five six nine three nine seven is our number. Text line two one seven three five one five three five seven, and you can email us talk at wdws dot com. We get into November, very busy travel month, of course. Some of these shows we'll be doing from on the road. Uh, we go to Marquette. I'll be up there on that Monday morning doing the okay. show. Uh, and then the trip in Kansas City. We'll have two shows out in Kansas City from the Hall of Fame Classic for uh, basketball. So be doing some more remote broadcasts as we uh, go along. Uh, hey, guys, I saw on Twitter the surprise where Blake Hayes' parents surprised him. That was pretty heartwarming. Mm-hmm. They say yeah, he had not seen them in 600 and some days, I think. They still live in Australia, right? I guess right? so, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they got a chance to see him. but uh, And this is no disrespect to Blake Hayes, but the guy that had the best game of the two punters was the guy for Rutgers. Yeah, when you kick he him out of bounds on the one-yard line. That's, there's a lot of luck involved in that, and, <laughs> and he did that earlier this season. Although it was interesting, he had trouble on the coin toss. They had to explain to him a couple of times that there was no heads or tails. It was the marine flag and it was mm-hmm. something else. Yeah. <laughs> So which one is the heads and which is tails? Well, there are none. So, But he had a great uh, punting game regardless. Speaking of that, somebody texted in said, If I win the opening coin toss, what are all of my choices? And then what are the choices of my opponent? If I win the opening toss, can I guarantee myself the wind in the fourth quarter? Can you guarantee yourself the wind in the fourth quarter? Oh, God. I don't know. I'm going to have to think about that. So... Because um, the winning team, you win the toss, you get to decide if you want the ball. Yeah, but that, that that's and yes. the other, and Then the other team gets to pick which side they want to be so on. So if right? you choose, I'm sure you can, but I'm not yeah. smart enough to figure it out right now. Unless the wind switches <laughs> <laughs> somewhere along the way. But that's that's a good good thought. If the other team wins the if the other team wins the flip yeah. and they take the ball, you can take, you can go against the wind in the first quarter, and therefore you would be going against the wind in the third quarter, so you would be have the wind in the fourth quarter. Tell me if that's yeah, wrong. I think that's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my that's, brain That's hurts. a lot to think about. <laughs> on a, that's I'm a lot hurt. To, <laughs> I'm injured. <laughs> on a Monday morning, so... Uh, <laughs> So yeah, I don't know. I, I, I that sounds right to me. <laughs> but uh, so the answer is yes. But yeah. but you have to have the other team w- win the flip. 
That's right. <laughs> we control it that way. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo returns to the state of Illinois, 322 yards, two touchdowns rushing. 49ers end a four-game losing streak, 33-22. Uh, Justin Fields ran for 103 yards in a score, the first quarterback for the Bears to rush for 100 yards in a game since Bobby Douglas, 1973. Was this because the assistant coach was calling the plays? <laughs> the special teams coordinator, yeah. yeah. I don't know. They made a good point about because he was filling in for Matt Nagy, who was out with COVID, but the special mm -hmm. teams coordinator is involved with almost all the players because you have guys from offense and defense that are playing special teams. Uh, they said they, they went on to list, made, made mention of several special teams coordinators who eventually became really good head coaches, like Ditka was a special teams coordinator for Tom Landry at one time. Maybe Ron yeah. Zook will move up. Yeah. <laughs> he's special teams in well, Maryland. Well, he's been a, been a head coach for a while yeah. in different places. So, uh, 1041, let me get another break in here, visiting with Lauren Tate uh, here this week. And uh, back tomorrow with Tom Bruno in the 9 o'clock hour. Back in a moment here after this break. Kind of easing our way through this Monday, the first day of November. Brett Bielema will hold his uh, press conference today. Uh, we actually uh, have a rebounders event too. Yeah. So I don't think I'm going to make. Time. I don't think I'm going to make the press conference. So. Yeah, Underwood but, uh, and, and Bielema will be talking at the same time yeah. in two different places. That's right, just down the street from each other, basically. Mm -hmm. So we'll have that. We'll cover all that, of course, tonight. Sports talk uh, for two hours, four o'clock to five, and then down to the Esquire. Where Lauren will be, you're the guest tonight. Yeah. Is that right? The guest guest of honor. Uh, somebody said uh, Lauren is 93. No, he's, <laughs> no, he's not 93. Be 90. Not quite. Be 90 this week. Uh, says, I sprained my brain five seconds into that question about the uh, coin flip. <laughs> and another texture says, Lauren, just eat more fish. LOL. So, <laughs> so there you go. 10, 1045 at uh, DWS. Fred Bielema did comment after the game. We talked to him about the loss to Rutgers, uh, everything that happened that got the Illini beat. And he referred to all of that here in this uh, soundbite. Here you go. Just told our crew, right? That's on me, 100. Um, percent We gotta, we gotta understand that nobody's gonna just just give you anything. And and I'd, I'd say that the definition of how to lose a game just happened, right? Penalties, mental errors, uh, turnovers. We we didn't uh, execute in the second half like we've been able to do, uh, you know, on the road and at home, and weren't able to play a four quarter game, unfortunately. And that uh, that's the result you'll get. And the result was a six-point loss to Rutgers. They didn't have any turnovers, but I think he's referring to turnovers in general. And we didn't have any sacks either. Nope. So uh, I don't think for either side. No, no sacks against. Yeah. And uh, not a lot of penalties. Had two big offsetting penalties. They basically negated each other at one point. Two personal fouls. but Boys are acting up on yeah, the field. they were. And, uh, and then Brad Underwood talked, of course, so we heard that one earlier about uh, he didn't like the chirping that our guys were doing. Well, you know. if you're going to get technicals, you're going to get in trouble with Underwood. He doesn't. Mm -hmm. He doesn't put up with that. That's right. And he raised a, a lot of something on the bench, didn't he? <laughs> I mean, he went after both. He went after both Curbelo and uh, Hawkins. Uh, Hawkins, yeah. Yeah, I don't think Hawkins went back in after that either. If I if I remember correct. But you know, mm -hmm. we're we're in a little bit of trouble. About a ten point game, maybe. Mm -hmm. And uh, Curbelo is sitting on the bench and. I think he looked up there and he thought Corbella go back in. <laughs> he, he was on the bench maybe two minutes or less uh, <laughs> after catching all kinds of grief uh, for his technical. 
Hey, if you need some uh, basement work done, we've had a lot of rain here in our area. And if you've got some leaky basement issues, the folks at uh, Woods Basement Systems, 35 years they've been at this. And they're a renewed, uh, most reviewed contractor in their industry, a top 10 basement dealer. Their warranty is backed by the National Manufacturer's Warranty, too, for extra peace of mind. If you've uh, noticed your uh, wall cracks in the basement walls or in your crawl space issues or your windows aren't quite shutting right or your doors are kind of sticky, there could be a problem for that. There could be some issues that you're not aware of, and I can tell you they do not go away. So give them a call, 888-935-4333, or go online to woodsbasementsystems.com, 888-935-4333. They won three in a row of the News Gazette's People's Choice Awards. They're a strong and trusted company. Check out all the things they can do for you at woodsbasementsystems.com. Again, the World Series still going. The Astros rally from a 4 nothing deficit in the first inning. Go on to uh, win that game. So games six and seven will be back in Houston where they can be very, very tough to beat. Once you get to a seventh game, then all bets are off. I mean, uh, you don't know what's going to happen in a seventh game. Flip a coin. Yeah. The sixth game, Atlanta needs to win it tonight. Or, I mean, tomorrow night, Tuesday night, if they're going to. Well, they're going to yeah. do it. And they could still win it. I'm not saying they could win it in seven, but I'm just saying it, it gets a lot uh, exponentially more difficult. By that point, it just comes down to the pitching. You know, they had that four to nothing lead last night, and all of a sudden, every inning, uh, it looked to me like uh, Houston was just pounding the ball. They were either going to score or come close to scoring every inning. They were—they really got on them. They're a really good offensive team. Yeah, they but do, they, they, but, do they, but uh, they they were shut down a couple times in this playoff. So, we'll see. Ten forty-eight got some interesting notes uh, came up with on uh, Illinois and Minnesota football over the years. We'll t- touch on that. 10.48, let's get the latest from our friend Brent Musburger. His guy's in the desert, as he says. Here you go. All right, some uh, texts that have come in here during the break, and some of this we've already touched on along the way, but if you uh, obviously uh, people don't stay with us every minute, uh, you know, they should for both hours, but I understand they don't. But because uh, that's the nature of radio. Uh, why didn't Williams play on Friday night? He had a back issue. But he did practice, and he was running with the uh, scout team a lot and doing a lot of defending and so he, forth. He's so. fine. He practiced, mm-hmm. uh, even practiced that morning, and he's practiced since then. He'll play against Jackson State for sure. Any information on Trent Frazier's injury on Friday night? Will he be back for the next game? We'll see. I think he will, but mm-hmm. uh, I think that will be decided. Yeah, he had his shoulder injured, If you didn't, his non-shooting shoulder, if you're uh, wondering. And a question from the caller, what's going to happen with Kofi? We don't know as far as no, if, if no, what's Nobody going knows until they rule. Mm-hmm. So those, uh, those are answered. All right, the uh, stuff on Minnesota and Illinois. Minnesota leads the all-time series 40-30 with three ties. They've won five of the last six and uh, 15 of the last 20 against Illinois. Going back the last twenty meetings, they haven't played every year, but uh, and uh, the combined scores the last two years eighty-one to thirty-one. They won here forty-one to fourteen last year. But year before that, Illinois beat them. What? Uh, uh, well, let's see here. Which year was it? Illinois won. The, I haven't looked it up. Well, they won in uh, twenty. Um, I've, I've got the list here. They've they've won a couple here in recent years. Uh, the last time though they won in Minneapolis in Minnesota was two thousand nine. Thirty-five, thirty-two. Uh, they in that you may have forgotten this. I did. Illini lost Juice Williams to an injury in the first quarter of hmm. that game, and Jacob Charest came in 
and threw for 185 yards to lead Whatever the Illini to the Jacob. win. <laughs> Jacob Charest. Terry Hawthorne, who's on the staff now, had a pick six in that game. And the Illini had seven sacks. Clay Nurse had four of those sacks. And Aurelius Ben had a touchdown catch in that game. Uh, all-time Illinois won 12 games in Minneapolis. Five of those, 1964 or before. Okay? And they did win back-to-back years in Minneapolis, 1982-83. They played a series where they played two games in Minneapolis, two games here in Champaign. We they, had a game up there when Tepper was coaching in which Illinois was trailing by one. Minnesota had the ball down on the goal line. They could run out the clock. And basically, Illinois let them score mm-hmm. to make the score eight, which gave Illinois a chance on the kickoff to come back and score and with a two-point conversion tie the game. It was the only chance Illinois had to win the game. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of talk about that and, and some denials that they let them score, but we actually let them score. And... Sometimes when you send that message to the players, they don't understand. You know. <laughs> <laughs> don't score. Yeah, that's the antithesis of what they're usually taught. And the Illini did beat the Gophers in 2014, 28-24, wearing the gray jerseys, I believe for the first time. Viangelo Bentley recovered a fumble, ran it in for a go-ahead touchdown with six minutes to go. And Riley O'Toole had given Illinois the lead 14-0 in the first quarter, but Minnesota rallied. So... I got to go well, over some there. of the I games. I haven't done that yet. Yeah, I, some, you know, um, some some games against certain teams you remember, but I don't remember much about games against Minnesota. I guess I just don't get up for them. <laughs> I don't remember them. And you know what you remember that you remember things that you have hit on a, later on. You, you think mm-hmm. about them, and mm-hmm. and I guess when Minnesota's over, I just quit thinking about Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're not one of those heated rivals. No, no. No. Like Iowa and Although others. it could be with Fleck up there. Mm-hmm. And he gets uh, just did some of my score sheet. He gets some players from Illinois. Oh, yeah. yeah. Of course, that's his home state. So. And they aren't necessarily, as people talk, they aren't necessarily four stars. You know, they're just a lot. There are a lot of three-star linemen in Illinois. By the way, Illinois has got all Illinois, uh, all Illinois starters in the offensive line right now. Mm-hmm. With uh, Of course, Bad Ovenak is from... Colgate, but he is an Illinois guy originally. Mm-hmm. Pilstrom's an Illinois guy. Yep. Uh, of course, Kramer's an Illinois guy. Palshevsky's an Illinois guy. Lowe's from Rockford. So we got all these guys uh, right now. And do you know that even though we lose a lot of people in the offensive line, next year when we get Slaughter back, he's from Illinois, mm-hmm. we're going to have, I think, Cruz is going to be in there. Barlev's probably going to be the left tackle. They're all Illinois guys. I think you could have an all Illinois line next year again. Yeah, right now, if you go with Lowe. Pilstrom, Kramer, Pelcheski, and Pearl. You've got Rockford, Glenbard North, Hinsdale Central, Mount Prospect, and Danville. Mm-hmm. And I didn't mention Pearl, but mm-hmm. Pearl certainly be a starter mm-hmm. next year, as mm-hmm. he is this year. I would think so. I saw Kendrick Green playing for the Steelers yeah. yesterday a little yeah. bit, so he's starting he's center, doing well. And uh, Nate Hobbs out with the Raiders in Las Vegas, and uh, so we got you got a handful of guys there that Hobbs are doing is having well. an unusually good year. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think we expected him to be. As good as he is, mm-hmm. he's having a very good year. Mm-hmm. 10.57, and again, we'll have our uh, coaches show at midweek at Papa Dell's. We'll uh, join you there, and I do have uh, the players who will be there. Let me look that up real quick because I uh, just got sent that. Sidney Brown and Quan Martin okay. for the radio show with Coach Bielema on Wednesday night from Papa Dell's. So you look forward to that. And, of course, all our sports talk coverage tonight, 4 to 6, uh, with Scott in the first hour, Steve Kelly and Lauren and the crew 
the News Gazette's uh, sports writer is down at the Esquire. You do that indoors. It's getting cold outside. Better be indoors. Yeah. <laughs> be a cold radio there show. There is an outdoor area at the Esquire, but we're not going to be there. And then we get to uh, Minneapolis this weekend. And again, only three games left, one home game left. And the next home game isn't until after Thanksgiving, which yeah. is the Northwestern game. And uh, they've struggled, but. It's always ugly weather when we play Northwestern. It is. And they it? love it. Yeah. <laughs> and congratulations to all the high school teams that won, all the local teams. Uh, all did pretty well advancing. So. Um, We'll see how they do this week and uh, headed for the state uh, tournament, of course, state uh, championships, which are in DeKalb this year because Illinois is playing Northwestern at home. All right, Mr. Tate, thank you. All right. All right, enjoy your week. Enjoy your show tonight at the Esquire. Lauren Tate's been with us here this morning, and, of course, he'll be with us every Monday on the Monday Morning Quarterback Show. We've got uh, coming up here the uh, news from CBS at the top of the hour. We'll get an AccuWeather weather update as well. Currently sitting at 40 degrees, wind chill at 36 uh, right now. Makes it feel like 36 anyway. And um, we'll be busy with rebounders. They have their first meeting coming up at noon today. Brad Bielema press conference. All of that to be covered today here through the News Gazette and DWS. And make sure you get look for Central Illinois Business. It's out there as well. You can get a copy here at 2101 Fox Drive if you'd like to check that out. The 40 under 40 as they get honored today as well to Virginia. WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. Talk to you tomorrow.